It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. We at Fat and Eyes pay our respects to the traditional custodians of this land we record on today. This land is and always will be Aboriginal land. Hello everyone and welcome to another brand spanking new episode of the Fatinize podcast. I am your host Demi Lynch and we are here today as always to talk about issues and topics to do with being a fat bitch and I am so excited to have today's guest on the show. I met them at the beautiful fat runway at fashion festival this year. It is the glorious like I think I don't I don't think it's an understatement to say that their style their sense of fashion is just beyond words like it's it's just nothing to describe it it is the trans non-binary artist foot my dear my love thank you so much for coming onto the show hey hey uh please describe to the people what you're wearing right now because I feel very underdressed as always you are just the fashion icon honestly yeah, that's because you're going to see the top half. We won't. <laughs> um, no, it's just a little creation. I mean, I was going to a party and I didn't know what to make. So just like a little um, kind of just like gay sailor-esque vibe. It's got little, uh, little bows, little frills. I love a clear sleeve. Show those arms. Yes, mm-hmm. show off the arms. How are you? I have not seen you since the Melbourne Fashion Festival at the Fat Runway, which was just peak of my year already. How are you? How have you been since then? Yeah, it was, oh, I don't know. It was so joyous, that event. Um, but I'm good. Yeah. Battling seasonal, um, all the uh, terrible mental seasonal things that come with winter, trying to battle that away, continuing to create, just thriving, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you there with the seasonal mental stuff. Yeah, I got seasonal depression is always at an all-time high, like just as just as winter comes in there. It's just like, you know what? We haven't been around in a while. Let's come back and make sure you remember me. Yeah. Yeah, for mm. real. I'm lucky yes. that my birthday sits in June, so I sort of have a little niggling of happiness in there. So. Oh, well, big happy birthday for that coming up then. Yeah. Yes, happy birthday. So you have been a very, very busy, busy bee you had an exhibition recently which looked at some really important topics, particularly regarding eating disorders. And I think that's one of the main topics I really want to talk about today because when it comes to plus size people and eating disorders, people always just assume everyone's got a binge eating disorder. Everyone always has this type, like they always just assume a particular stereotype when it comes to body image and eating disorders. So did you want to explain to the listeners like what your exhibition was about and how you navigated the stereotypes around eating disorders and how that was reflected in your history? Yeah, so uh, the exhibition in question we're talking about was called Queer Fat Sexy. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was really designed to sort of reclaim a narrative of what 
the perceptions of fat body is um and especially around the perceptions of like the history of a fat body or the idea and change that narrative of like whenever in my experience whenever people um the the dialogue around fat people is like oh like what were the terrible things that happened to them for them to get here and that's not true that's never been true like so it's uh yeah really frustrating so I sort of delved into that in little ways um and yeah try to to I tried to basically bring people in so that they could have a narrative of somebody who was living in a fat body and maybe they could change their perception or even if I didn't change their perception I was presenting an argument essentially I created a giant visual essay Mm -hmm. and I was presenting an argument and I was hoping that they would come back um and be somewhat more informed that they before they entered that building when I like see art like that I always think like how do people make sure they themselves don't get because when it comes to like stuff like that particularly for fat people how do you not get too triggered with your own art and like not dig too deep that you end up re-traumatizing yourself with like body image issues and stuff like that yeah that's a big one and that is like a big issue within the, just anyone who's an artist in the creative community I think we all tend to walk that line of pouring too much for ourselves out that we um, either lose ourselves a little or we present too much and we don't think about the consequences of what we're presenting to the viewer. But for me, I'm sort of lucky in that somewhere in this, you know, chaotic brain of mine, the way that I create my art is more about catharsis than it is about the harsh messaging. So most of the art that I create you can see that it comes from a genuine place because it's art is the way that I heal. Mm. So I'm sort of offering that as an ability for the viewer to do the same thing, to view that and sort of have a healing experience. Um, Specifically, there was one work in that show called Crime of Consumption, Mm. where um, I dealt quite directly with my uh, past with eating disorder in that uh, something that I struggle with and I don't know whether or not other people struggle with is obviously not an individual experience, but um, I struggle with eating in public on my own, like as a solo individual, because that comes with so many perceptions and there's always going to be some comment or something made, right? Um, and so I tackled that directly. I thought about how to tackle that directly and how to portray that as a healing experience for me. So I literally just set myself up like a Dutch still life painting and I ate on camera directly to the camera and presented that to the viewer to be like what all I'm giving you is any individual eating like anything that you see if you see someone eating alone out in public that's the narrative I'm giving you there's no nothing else I'm not staging it I'm not trying to do anything other than present somebody eating and any preconceived notions that you have walking into that is your own and you need to do with that oh that video of you eating and for that footage I will make sure I put it in the show notes because as someone that has struggled eating in public so much so that I was made fun of when I was younger and I didn't know it like I don't know if you experienced this as well. You didn't know that you had a fear of eating in front of people because of your body. You didn't know it was because of that. You thought it was like a normal thing. I had that. And I was just like, 
oh, everyone just has this. Everyone just doesn't like eating in front of people. That's a normal thing. But I remember I would get made fun of all the time because I was, I would always cover my mouth like Kint shouldn't. <laughs> I'm like, I'm covering my mouth in front of the microphone. That's not smart. But yeah, I would constantly cover my mouth like in such a quick reaction whenever I ate to the point that, yeah, I'd get made fun of. And so anyway, yeah, when I saw this footage of you and it was talking and you were talking about, yeah, like eating in front of people and if you have a certain thoughts to it when you see it, that's that's your that's your um history with that. It just meant so much to me as someone that's just slowly realizing that I have always been comfortable with eating in front of people. That's just that meant so so much to me. Sorry, that was the biggest load of word vomit in the entire world. But I just want to but in all what I want to say, that meant a lot to me. Really, really did. That's really sweet. And no, I'm no stranger to word vomit, so you're fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I found that a lot. I found that that work like really resonated with people. And to be honest, I as not to be the narcissistic artist sometimes, but like originally when I created that work, I that wasn't a hundred percent in my brain how people would receive it. Yeah. It was a hundred percent like something that I wanted to tackle because I'd wanted to do it forever. And then after I'd made it and to be honest, I didn't watch it for a little bit. I really? just like did it and I knew it was there and I knew that I wanted to present it. And then even at the opening, I struggled watching people watching it. But then after I had people come in and then I started observing how they interacted with it and some people came and talked to me, I was like, damn, like, hang on a second here. I'm like, yeah, there's like, it was almost like a community healing. Like I had this one experience at the opening where there was like three of us all just watching it. And then all of a sudden a conversation got struck up about somebody who had never opened up to me about the issues that they had had. I was like, my God, I'm starting a dialogue. This is like what I want to do. Like, yeah. It was, yeah. I'm so, I, I'm not, I'm not surprised that the reaction was like that, honestly, because the conversations I've had and heard from people, it is something that a lot of people struggle with, even if they don't live in a fat body, but it is something that is very common with people in marginalized bodies that, yeah, just the, yeah, something so simple as like eating in public is just such a seen as such a shameful thing. And I think, you know, I think the main reason for that is because of uh, mainstream media outlets, when they do stories about, you know, the obesity epidemic or about fast food, they always have those headless shots of yeah. fat people eating the in the food court. The B-roll. Uh-huh. Yeah, they have. And they're always headless. They're always headless. And it's just a zoomed in shot of their bellies and their mouths eating fast food. Yeah. It's never a sushi roll or like a salad. It's always, no, they're eating fast food and they're just shoving their faces and that's seen and it's in the background and it's, it's never around a positive story. It's always a negative story about fatness or about junk food. And I think that's, definitely influenced a lot of people because it makes a lot of people think oh is this what i look like when i eat in public is this what people mm -hmm. think of me and it's it's horrible it's really horrible oh yeah no i will go on a rant one day about that <laughs> but yeah i hate everything about that i hate b-roll i hate the term junk food i hate that oh, it's yeah. all connected yeah yeah so that's what uh that's why i was just your beautiful your your video was just so beautiful and I love that you made it camp. It wasn't like seen as like a, a shameful thing. You just looked so adorable eating there with your beautiful outfit. I'm just like, this is actually a, like, it's beautiful. It's just beautiful. A person and it's, and 
it's just someone eating that's it yeah yeah I think that's number one with my practice is I always try and whatever I'm doing because obviously a lot of this messaging is quite harsh so I package it in kind of a stupid way yeah. so that it's not as harsh to you know it's like when you have to take a medication pill but it's like a funky color <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah yeah, yeah. Got, gotta gotta hide the trauma in yep. the fu- in fun colors gotta make it camp yep. yeah <laughs> uh, so on your so Another form of art that you have put a lot of yourself into is your fashion, which we got to talk about because this is how I first spotted you at Fashion Festival. I'm just like, who is this beautiful person in this beautiful jacket and where can I get it? That's how I first spotted you. And I was just like, this is easily best dressed of the night. Oh my God. That's so sweet. <laughs> of course. Oh I, yeah. Again, I'll post the... F- I'll post it on my socials, people, this jacket. It's just, how do we even describe it? It was just all these bright colors. It was all this beautiful patchwork. It was just camp to the extreme. It was just, it, oh, just loved it. It was like something that should have been at the Met Gala during the camp year. I think that would have just been perfect. Easily. Anything could have been there and been better than what we could have been, so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, the shade of all the basic ass bitches there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what I wanted to talk about is how you've also incorporated a lot of, even though you've got your art exhibitions, you've also incorporated the same ideas and values as well into your art and for your fashion as well. Like how, how did you get into fashion? Because even though it's a lot same in what you do in the art world, it's also very different at the same time. Mm, it is. It's, um, it's less glamorous than people would imagine, to be honest. But I, yeah, I came from visual arts background. Um, so I love photography. I love so much visual art. Um, and then the the little old pandy hit to the pandemic. Um, mm. And I, my husband and I moved from rural to Melbourne. Um, and sort of as soon as I hit Melbourne, it was like a world opened up to me in terms of, I was a little bit more free to explore gender. I was a little bit more free to explore fashion. And then I started realizing like when I lived rurally, I always wore a lot of dark clothes and I wore what was accessible to me. And then I got kind of really fucking frustrated when I moved here. Cause I was like, there's not that much here to put myself in because I sort of, I don't know. I create, I, I don't want to say I create a box for myself, but I sort of am like, I don't really want to dress very femme. I don't really want to dress very masculine. I want to sort of dress somewhere in between. Honestly, I kind of want to dress like I'm living on Mars, something like that. So there wasn't that much for me. So during the pandemic, I was like, you know what? We're going to buy the crappiest, gnarliest sewing machine we can, and we're going to just learn it. And so with all that extra time, I really sort of, spent a couple of months honing some skills because textile was nothing I did when I was at school years ago. I'm an old crone now. Um, so I just, yeah, picked up a sewing machine and never stopped. And then it was, I'd, I kind of fell into how much I love recycling textiles. I hate when people throw things away. I've always been a little bit of a hoarder and sort of, I am very informed by the materials themselves. I'll pick something up and I love it or I don't love it, you know? It does not spark joy. We love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I just then started piecing everything together from reclaimed textiles. And I really found 
what I love. Like I'm very influenced by like vintage French stuff, but I don't know, everything that I'm inspired by, there's never been a fat version. So I'm sort of just like this, yeah, big patchwork quilt of all these things. And then I just make it really fat. So yeah. <laughs> I bet you in years to come, you're going to be the inspiration for many people like you saying that like there's a not a lot of fat versions of the stuff that you're inspired by for your clothing i think you're going to be that in years to come honestly I hope so. yeah you <laughs> are you are like i i'm saying it here in it like i bet you in a couple of years people are going to know your name around here because you're the way that you create your art and your clothes and your fashion it's just it's just it's just nothing i've really seen in australia like that's why i get so jealous like you know in the uk and america like you know i just feel like they're they're just a bit ahead of us when it comes to conservative thinking when it comes to clothes and also inclusivity when it comes to clothes of course but yeah i think i honestly you're gonna be a game changer i could i just see it i just see it i just see it it's gonna yeah i'm that annoying velcro friction that's what i love i just want to mess things up here in a little way and then get people thinking that's it it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync Things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. How has the clothes then you've been able to make helped you with your journey being a trans on binary person? Because already shopping as a plus size person is hard, but yeah, shopping as someone that is on the gender spectrum, that's a whole other level. Yeah, it's a it's a uh, it's a different experience. Um, I find that those conversations are really strange to have because the conversations currently, as much as I absolutely love them, and they should like I am a hundred percent supporter of all these conversations about making sure that we have more access to clothes mm. for um, people who identify as female in especially in the Australian industry. My God, but that conversation where that shifts for me is that there is still even in that positive messaging uh a push to have clothes be male or female and I get really like on my high horse about like why do we have to do that like you know what I mean it just any clothes should be for anybody like it doesn't you know all clothes should be for everybody right um and then when you filter that down into the frustrations of like people view trans and non-binary bodies the same way that they view fat bodies currently. And what I mean by that is that um, if you're having a conversation with somebody that they instantly view you as a fat person to be like, oh, well, you don't like yourself, right? You want to change something about yourself. You want to be thin. And that's the same with trans and non-binary bodies because they look at a trans person and they're like, you're unhappy with who you are. You want to change yourself. So introducing yourself as a fat trans non-binary person, they're like, everything about you you want to change you don't have an identity what are you mm. like and it's really amplified and so yeah I think for me my clothes are a way to 
sort of piece together a narrative that like I am confident in my confident in my skin I present myself in a very specific way because I would like to sort of offer that messaging not in like I'm not forcing it or whatever and also my identity may change the ebb and flow of things whatever it is um but I'm presenting that sort of narrative again to somebody to be like hey this is who I am. This is the piece together. And I am a patchwork of all these things. So fuck you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Sorry. I just like that whole thing of you saying that people think that, yeah, trans, uh, trans people, non-binary people, people in the gender spectrum, they think that they're always, it's almost as if people think you're in a limbo, you're in the awkward spot in the middle. And it's just like, no, this isn't an awkward spot. This is just, this is an awkward spot. This is a spot I've been wanting to get to. Yeah. Like this is a spot I'm. Uh, I want to be here. I want to be at the spot for the rest of my life. This makes me happy. This makes me full. This fills my cup. This makes me feel whole. Like, yeah, I'd never thought about that. That yeah, like the two just correlate so much in regards to people thinking that fat bodies are in limbo between, but they just a thin body that that thin body that's just ready to come out. It's just like yeah. Wow, never I never thought of it that way. That is so interesting. Take that away and think about it, everybody. <laughs> yeah, there's one thing to take away from this episode, definitely that. Absolutely. Wow. You are a very smart person, I have to say. Just the way you articulate things, I'm so envious of, I have to say. Everybody seems to say, well, I mean, <laughs> yes, that's very, I love everybody it. says I that. Love it. I love it. I love that. Really own sweet. it. Own it, honey. Own it. It yes. is really, really sweet. I'm very lucky that um, I'm able to articulate that because some people, yeah, a lot of people can't. And yeah. I don't know. It's sort of a... Um, Art is 20% the making and 80% talking your ass off to get what you want. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm very envious of it because I think I think that's why so many of my um, times when I do recordings with people, I always say, I warn them like, oh, if you have a word vomit moment, it's okay. I think it's me pushing onto others and just reaffirming to myself, oh, if I have a word vomit moment, <laughs> hopefully they'll yeah. be okay with it because I have all these ideas in my head, but I do struggle with, enunciating it in a way that is understandable for everyone to understand kind of thing mm -hmm. so when i meet people like you that's just able to put this idea out that in a way we already knew but you just put it in a way that's just like oh my god duh of course like yeah i just get very envious so yeah uh so Another topic I did want to look into today was something that you did do on Instagram, which was about executive dysfunction, my dear. I need to talk about that. What, because you had a good, you had such a good reaction to that from your followers. What made you put up this post and what is ex executive dysfunction? Uh, okay, so executive dysfunction is different for everybody, um, but essentially um, it's usually related to um, if you have some mental health, uh, diagnosis, it depends. Um, yeah, hang on. Word vomit. I got the word vomit there. You got the word vomit. <laughs> Let's restart. Okay. Okay. Executive dysfunction is different for everybody, right? Um, but it's usually related to a, uh, mental health diagnosis and it can be a myriad of them. Um, so I can only talk about my own personal experience. So mine is that um, 
my executive dysfunction is very tied to CPTSD. So when I get all in, um, I will have a little bit of a bout of executive dysfunction. And I have an issue where I have very low object permanence when I have executive dysfunction. So the second something leaves my hand, it does not exist. It is gone from the universe, right? And then I will create piles in the corner and of things that have left my hand and don't exist. But then that pile becomes a thing that does exist. And then that pile needs to be dealt with. And sort of that's just a vicious cycle that happens. Um, and I just wanted to create a work just kind of tackling that a little bit because it's like, obviously we've just done all this arts kissing, but like, I'm not like, nobody is a, perfect person and there's a lot of stuff that happens especially with creatives we're like the saddest most empathetic human beings but we'll we always be as bright as we can because that's part of our practice but um yeah yeah I found it really really relatable because and, of, and obviously like there's a way like people like can navigate that with like say physical objects or just like doing things if that makes sense like whether they do something then they completely forget about it or whatever like mine is physical objects i will like someone will gift me something and i will it will mean the world to me and i will hold it in my hand and be like this is amazing i love it so much but then if i put it down i will forget about it and then i feel so bad <laughs> that i forgot about it and yeah it's happened so many times and i think i think yeah i think it was just really interesting being able to actually have words for a feeling that I think so many people, including myself, have experienced before. I think that I, we we love a good category. We love a good something that just simplifies things even just a little bit just to make it more understandable. Yeah, because I think it's it's actually a more common thing that people think about. But it's, mm. I, I, yeah, go, if you just Google it, there's, it's, shit tons of articles about it so you, you can go and do all your research because i just love reading it's so that i don't have an individual experience again we'll go back to that i love reading <laughs> to make sure that um yeah what i'm processing is like it's not it's not wrong like i just want to mm. see that other people have that and then it feels more comforting i know that like I shouldn't do that, but I think as, as somebody who's sort of always done that, I will always return to being able to understand something if somebody else has had that similar experience. Mm -hmm. I'm very much somebody like that, that, yeah, it's more of a personal thing for me than like, you know, some weird mystical thing out of there that I don't know what it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it sounds really bad. Sometimes if I like say something and, and I find out like everyone else experiences it. I'm just like, oh, I thought I was special. <laughs> it's that bad. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we want to keep little bits to ourselves where it's just like, oh, this is my, this. it's like that shift between whether or not you think it's your quirk or it's just, you know, being mentally ill. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. That's literally been me the past couple of years. I'm just like, oh, I thought this was just, you know, a cute quirk of mine. It's just like, no, honey, you have ADHD and you're depressed and you have social anxiety. That's what you have. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, the, the years of realizing things. So yes. <laughs> it never stops. That's never the good stops. thing is you're always processing yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, 
With every single episode of the Fatinized podcast, me and my guests, we always share our fave fat-friendly finds of the week, which is normally it's brands that actually cater to the plus-size community. But since today we're talking a lot of art, we're talking a lot of fashion, I thought we would twist things up a bit and instead we make it, we share our fave fat artists, our fat, fat activists. And you have a few and I have a few. So I'll let you go first, my dear. I do. I have a few. I'm very excited yes. that we get to shift it. Um, so uh, there's an Evian Orbit is their um, social handle. They're a really cool um, artist from the States and they are an activist and an artist in the sense that they deal with um, their experience also with ED and their experience with living in a, in a fat body and they do a lot of like food related art which is really nice and healing and um, all that good stuff. Uh, there's also Boar Lord, which is a really cool. That's their socials. Um, they're a trans activist slash artist slash pro-sex worker. So they're a big package of lovely things. Um, and I suppose the last one would be Them Fatal, which they're um, from the States as well. And they're a plus size trans fashion vintage blogger. They're like, oh, everything about them um so inspired and I feel so much richer and smarter from seeing their content they always talk about vintage um actresses and vintage actors and movies and all kinds of good stuff so oh fabulous and doesn't it just brighten your day so much more when your Instagram feed is just filled with so many knowledgeable amazing activists like that on your Instagram feed because over the years, I've like culled my following more and more and more being like, I just want to fill it with more positive educational content, not people that's going to make me hate myself. Absolutely. I cannot scream that enough. Get mm -hmm. rid of the disgusting, like trim the thin. That's what I say. Get rid of <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Highly recommend. That is, oh, that has changed my body, my feelings towards my body so so much because like probably like a good four years ago I was following you know all the thin pretty influencers that have millions of followers that everyone else seems to be following so I just think oh I should follow them too even though I don't really give a fuck about their beige tights or their beige top and their beige house but yeah honestly unfollow them unfollow them fill your feeds with people that bring you joy and at the same time as well educate you and give you various perspectives on life so you can like learn about different communities different groups yeah but yes trim the thin <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. yes I, love I, can't wait to, I can't wait to hear yours oh okay 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 all right so i have all right we have so i have some artists here that just oh creates i just i'm just my obsession at the moment is artists that actually use fat bodies in their art but in a way that actually celebrates it. It's not like the bloody 16th century male artists that would just paint women and have make it look like they're this sexual beings just for their gaze. No, we're not here for that. So I have Fat Lemon Prince and it's Fat Mermaids. That's oh, it. yes. Fat yeah. Mermaids in beautiful watercolors. That's what I'm here for. I love them. They're fabulous. Like, it's just beautiful art. And I just, 
yeah just fat mermaids that's all yeah. you need in life and then you're happy it's just beautiful watercolor work and you can actually buy the prints as well and that is definitely on my list of things i need to buy i, I want to fill my wall with just heaps of fat art that's my goal Ooh, for this year absolutely. just fill it with fat art and then another fat artist that i'm loving at the moment they create ceramic pots that are of fat bodies and they are called bless this mess ceramics they're in wa and i just love them i just oh again these are some pots i need to i want to i just want to do like a big revamp of my office and just fill it with beautiful fat bodies make it all colorful make it all crazy bright and camp and just oh i just want it so these pots they are next on my list of investing in because there's just so many beautiful pots in all different beautiful shapes and sizes it's just i love it i love fat bodies being celebrated and just i love it so much so those are my two recommendations if people are wanting to fill their homes fill their offices with some beautiful fat art absolutely do it yes. you there is such a change when you fill your space with things you love like you uh, you don't think you'll notice that and then you do mm -hmm. absolutely yes well my dear foot where can people find you if they want more of your joy more of your art more of your fashion where go and plug yourself what where Ooh. can people find you Ooh. opportunity to plug 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 <laughs> uh yeah so i um have uh, instagram and tiktok so they're both the artist known as foot um or if you want to be any professionals listening um i spend an exuberant amount of money to have a website so you can go to <laughs> connorhamanshaw.com which is like in my disgusting government name but you can go and check that out and that has like various things and sometimes i blog about um little bits and pieces I'm doing, but I don't keep it that updated. So don't sue me on that one. But yeah, mostly Instagram message me anytime. I'm one of those annoying people where I just love to receive any messages and chats and we can get talking about whatever. So. Fabulous. And is there any upcoming projects you are allowed to discuss at the moment? Any upcoming or current exhibitions? uh in terms of upcoming things there's a few things in the works and down the track mm. um i'm going we're going to go a little bit into uh fashion collections further into the later part of the year um in terms of the now um i just was shortlisted for the footscray art prize so i'm going to go and celebrate that one ah, <laughs> congratulations and yeah just little bits and pieces i'm preparing for a a massive work for the uh, Warnable Sustainable Fashion Festival. So amazing. Um, yeah, get keen. You'll see lots of stuff. I don't stop making things. You are busy. You are a busy, busy person. <laughs> I like it. It just keeps me like motivated and, and making, yeah, my sewing machine may cry about it, but I don't. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, I cannot wait to see more work for you. And as you know, I just love what you do. I just love what joy you bring to the world through your art and fashion. I really, really do adore you and so glad I met you. Oh, thank you. I met you. I'm so glad I met you too. I kind of was like, you have to go stand near them and, and make myself, you know, known. And then we <laughs> got to sit together and it was like a cute little family outing. Oh, it was beautiful, 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 beautiful. Oh, and just big thank you for coming onto the podcast. I really do appreciate it. 
No, it's an honor. Absolute honor. <laughs> thank you. And thank you so much, listeners, for tuning into today's episode. Um, any recommendations you heard and also any information you heard about foot, it will all be in today's show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a rating, please leave a review, and don't forget to follow us and subscribe to us wherever you listen to the podcast. And I will see you all next week for more fat, beautiful content. I'm your host, Demi Lynch. Bye. We at Fat and Eyes pay our respects to the traditional custodians of this land we record on today. This land is and always will be Aboriginal land.